The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Frank. Pottercast 288. 288. Hey, everybody. Hello, I'm Melissa. I'm John. And I'm Sprinky. That, that took a little too long. <laughs> I almost said Sue. <laughs> I, I heard like an S coming out yeah, there, and I'm like, like I'm wait a second. Sprinky. Oh my gosh. That was either weird. Spanky or I'm something Frank. else. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. We're all, we're all slap happy here. It's Pottercast 288. 288. Right? 288. What are we doing this week, guys? This oh, week, you know. this this fortnight. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, you know, when you last uh, joined us here on Podcast, we were starting to digest the many deleted scenes from the uh, recently, at the time, released DVD slash Blu-ray of Crimes of Grindelwald, of course. You all know that, the latest uh, of the uh, not-Harry Potter movies. Particularly, we're going to look at the J.K. Rowling interview that uh, I'm sure many of you have watched by now, but uh, we're going to pick apart some bits of that that we found particularly interesting. And uh, also talk a little bit about uh, what's been happening in the Harry Potter world and some of the new headlines that we've seen about uh, the next installment of Fantastic Beasts and uh, what's happening with that production. Cool. Quick, guys, our summer schedule is, or summer slash fall schedule is here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we- For Hogwarts? Come see us. We are going to be at three different places this summer slash fall. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what the first one is? Do you know what the first one is? Do you know what the first one is? Dallas? No. Con of no. Thrones. Well, not you, Frankie, but Pod X. Oh, Pod X. That's right. Yeah, Pod Frankie can't go, but X. it's me, me and John, I think. <laughs> yep, until I tell you otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're coming uh, to Mischief's brand new podcasting convention in oh my Nashville gosh, how does that in like work? six weeks. Um, how does it work? We get together and there's like 30 live shows and there's 60 different podcasters coming and it's amazing. So and you can go to bold. everything at podx.com slash podcast where you will get... Uh, a discount but podx.com can give you all the all the details it's going to be really something else if you've ever thought about being a podcaster or if you are a podcaster or if you love live shows if you just love the art of podcasting this is the event to go to very cool that's podx.com slash pottercast may 31st to june 2nd this year so (laughs) soon holy god uh do you know where the second time we will be live this year is uh, I'm going to guess some kind of leaky con. It is a leaky con. It's in Dallas. Leaky oh con is the world's premier Harry Potter convention. It's been going for almost a decade, and we are celebrating not one, but two of them this year. And the first one's in Dallas, the second week of August in the summer. <laughs> August in August. And the second <laughs> one is uh, <laughs> in Boston, back in Boston for our 10 year anniversary, oh, October, oh. second weekend of October. So both That's of them so are going to cool. be incredibly special, you guys. We're really excited. Very cool. So are there still uh, tickets available to those leaky cons? There are. LeakyCon.com. 
get you everything you need. Sweet. So that's that's where you can come see us. Are there any Harry Potter actors that we would recognize the names of coming to any of these leaky cons? Yes, we haven't announced a bunch yet, but one that we oh, did okay. announce for Boston is Chris Rankin. Hey, dear good friend. He's been with us forever. We're so happy he's coming to the 10 year anniversary. He never made it to the first one. So he's he's excited to go to Boston. So that's going to be great. He's never been to Boston, actually. Or wait, no, I think I think he has been now. But anyway, well, come be a part of Chris Rankin's first trip to Boston here at Lake Econa. Chris, the special thing about Chris is that um, first of all, do you know that he's on the second episode ever of Pottercast? Yes, this is true. This is there is a Potter game show we started called Potterania. Yes, <laughs> second episode. What of a podcast. name! Until we got sued for the trademark for Potterania. Uh, not yet. We but, had to um, take and, that down. But Chris has been a friend of Leaky of Pottercast for so long, and it's not just that he's coming and like doing a Q and A and signing some autographs the way that happens everywhere, and it's mm-hmm. cool and awesome. But Chris is Chris wants to like have fun and get involved. So nice. it's less like announcing a celebrity guest than it is about celebrity guests slash guest attendee. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I think he's going to have some game show at at LeakyCon, too, but we don't know what Oh, that'll be fun. That sounds fun. Yeah. Very cool. So. All right. What the hell's been going on here if you're a Harry Potter fan? Well, a couple pieces of news that I would like to point out to you All right. Sure. Uh, You can reserve your uh, Harry Potter Pokemon name. Do you know this? The what now? Did you know about this? Oh. Oh, I mean, I know that there's like meant to be like a Harry Potter game coming out that's sort of like the Pokemon Go. Is yeah, it, is it's it like called this? Wizards Unite. And yeah. they, po- Pokemon Go, or Niantic, the company behind it, allowed you to use your Pokemon Go username. Interesting. To reserve. There's a link on the Leaky Cauldron. So just uh, go to the-leaky-cauldron.org. One of the first news articles is about this. Uh, mm-hmm. And you can reserve your name. So I have mine. It's Melissa and Ellie. Please friend me once this game comes out. Oh it's also my, my Pokemon gosh. Go name. So what the hell? Friend me there too. I tell you what, Neantic, that's a very clever way to get a bunch of Harry Potter fans to download your Pokemon game if they right. haven't done that yet. Right, I'll be though. darn some clever folks over there. Right. Yeah. So yeah, pretty should... good. It's a very fun game too. So honestly, it's very fun. And the Harry Potter, like I, I go on and off and on playing Pokemon Go, but mm-hmm. I know that the Harry Potter one will, I will, yeah, that you, it's gonna be hard to stop. Oh yeah, catching Fantastic yeah, Beasts all over the world. It's gonna be amazing. I, I hope that you get to have to like release them because you know it seems kind of like antithetical to like Newt's mission going around, you know categorizing and like writing about but he's not like making like a prison camp or anything for these no uh, in pokemon go it's like a professor you like send them to a professor i guess i don't know yeah but they they live in like the little pokeballs and like you know i don't know what kind of life that is it's very house elf yeah i mean it's worse than a house elf i mean the house elves get to like hang out in the castle and wherever else i just meant like in philosophy like that's what they love but is it healthy that they love it blah 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 blah, blah. i feel like we talked about the house elves recently was that last episode that was all 287 previous podcasts <laughs> oh not? my gosh yeah no you're right yeah we've been talking we've been doing that for a little while <laughs> also also in the news there's a new uh dark arts at hogwarts thing Ooh, what did, did you see, see did you see this 
Are you talking about uh, the theme park? The light show at the theme park. And- I haven't seen it yet, but I'm so excited to see it. It yeah. looks so neato. I mean, they're opening the hot, the Forbidden Forest this summer. The The theme park is growing. It has been growing. And I think that maybe uh, next episode, I want to do a short little segment on it because uh, there's a lot to talk about that new ride and uh, all the new things coming to the park. And... Uh, I think it would be worth putting a whole little chunk of the show into. Cool. Well, you can see the new light show at the Leaky Cauldron. There's a whole video uh, and cool. lots of other information about what happens when you hear Avada Kedavra and the dark arts show begins. Oh, shoot. Spooky. Oh, wow. Do they kill like one person every night or something? Or how does it work? Sure. That's exactly what happens. Oh, my God. Spoilers, though. Come on. <laughs> Spoilers. All right. Well, that's the high points of the I news. I think it cool if they would kill an audience member every night. You could volunteer. Oh my god. Volunteer as tribute. I volunteer as tribute. (laughs) (laughs) You okay there? Making horcruxes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The other piece of the news, news slash gossip world, is that there's, (laughs) I know, it's this. You're not wrong. This is where we are. Um, There's been a $50 million defamation suit filed by Johnny Depp against Amber Heard. And we're not going to get into the we're just not going to get into the details. This is Pottercast. This is not who's right in a lawsuit cast. Um, but yeah. um, Johnny Depp filed a suit with certain claims. Then Amber Heard filed a suit with certain claims. Both sides make the other side look absolutely horrendous um, and claim to have piles of evidence to back up their claims. Regardless, the the, the point that brings us into Pottercast is that there's now a couple of articles where Warner Brothers execs, much unlike when he was first announced, Warner Brothers execs are now anonymous sources saying that the whole company is nervous about Johnny Depp at last. Um, mm. So wow. that could be a thing that's cresting. And so as a Harry Potter fan, you should know that that's sort of in the ether. So what what could that mean for production? Because we know that there's already been uh, a little pushback in their production schedule, potentially possibly unrelated to the Johnny Depp situation. But oh, that's interesting. Do we think that uh, part of the going back to the drawing board rumors we've heard uh, are related to this situation or just completely unrelated? I I don't believe in coincidences in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, now, obviously, there's been a lot of criticism of the movie in general and uh, a lot of it coming from, you know, in and outside the fandom. And of the criticism outside the fandom, I haven't really seen anybody necessarily hone in on Johnny Depp's casting for the Same. role so Not much as they hone movie. in on there being all sorts of other, you know, convoluted things about the plot and the other characters and yeah, that's a very good this point. that and the other complaint. But yeah, uh, it's he his his pure performance of the actor in his you know that actor's performance for me at least was not yeah. among my problems with Grindelwald. Right. Oh yeah, I I I agree with that one hundred percent. Like I don't. I actually thought his performance was good and I was wanting to not like it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. filming's been pushed back and, you know, you're getting all the same studio lines about, well, it's just very complicated and we just want to make sure to do it right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the other piece that in these stories people are mentioning is that um, high level female executives at Warner Brothers are also especially nervous because the CEO, Kevin Sujihara, the recent 
uh, Warner Brothers CEO who left because of sexual abuse allegations. Um, that that th- that's creating sort of just a, such a toxic environment, or that um, yeah. this is particularly worrying in the light of that of that scandal, and that may be putting pressure on. So, t- to me, as a reporter, when I used to be a reporter, what this sounds like to me is testing for the change, like yeah, putting the story out there and seeing what the reaction is. So we uh, thought, interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's like so when they when they say softening the ground, that's that's what this smacks of. Mm, yeah. Um, so if if that's in the air, let's pretend. Let's pretend. Okay, yeah. how about this? I have a deal. I have a deal for Harry Potter fans. Okay, let's hear it. What's this deal? What's My this deal, deal is if tomorrow we hear that they have recast Johnny Depp and they put, you know, whoever, Joe McGuffin in the role mm-hmm. of Grindelwald, that we don't give Warner Brothers or J.K. Rowling any shit about it. We just say, great, awesome, can't wait, and move on and hope that um that it's a positive choice for the franchise and don't give anybody any grist for saying that some man's life has been ruined because he isn't in a certain role anymore yeah i'm not too worried about harry potter fans rising up and you know arms against the uh injustice that has fallen upon johnny depp for losing this role. no i mean i mean when these things happen, it can inspire a lot of like, a lot of like, oh, I told you, why didn't you do it long ago? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that. Right. Maybe oh, we don't, maybe we don't Monday do that. Monday morning quarterbacking. Yeah. On the, uh, no, the I told you decision. so. Oh, I can't say I told you I so. I mean, say it, say it, say what? it right now. Okay. I don't have to. I really want to though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know, I what's funny. Let's not engage it, in the schadenfreude. Sorry, John. Well, this is like, uh, in a roundabout way, kind of, uh, touching on one of the themes <laughs> of this particular series uh of the fantastic beast series if you'll follow me here briefly on this uh the idea of making the wrong choice uh in a very split you know environment of uh, people falling on either side of it but there being one clear moral choice and uh choosing the other one for whatever your reason and then at the end of the day, at the end of the time going by, um, if when they realize the error of their ways in their first you know, initial choice and they decide to come around to, to the other side, if they are welcomed or if they are continued to be you know, shunned by the group that had went the other direction from the onset. Yeah, it sounds a lot like the times we're living in also. Exactly. That when people who were not, people who felt on the outside want to come on the inside, maybe maybe make it easy for them, and maybe that works out better in the end. Right, because like as tempting as it is to be like, no, it's like, screw you. Like, you, like this, like you get everything that's coming to you for making the poor choice that you made. Like, how about, you know, being big enough to uh, just have a handout or not not a handout god you don't want to use the word handout but open no. open open arm the uh you know a fig leaf people like that yeah th- a there's a leaf. concept uh, there's a concept a friend of mine uh i was t- discussing a couple months ago and i was going through something and he was saying how like grace should be offensive that sounds hmm. like offensive grace like like showing grace like that's the point of grace is like actually showing someone mm-hmm. who doesn't deserve forgiveness but giving them forgiveness it's so there's something very beautiful about that that i agree with you frankie that's like you know it's doing what's easy is easy 
it's it's mm-hmm. the doing what's hard that matters. Like you know, we're gonna talk about it here in a little bit when we discuss the J.K. Rowling interview. Uh, and uh, it, really, it was a Gates interview. It was quite a few people that were uh, sitting down. Yeah, Heyman. What would I say? Yeah, yeah. Y- Yates. Yates and Heyman. <laughs> Uh, you know, talking about how complicated this story is, how much more complicated it is than even anything in the Harry Potter uh, books. Real straight A heroes, frankly, are a bit boring. <laughs> you know, they just get everything right all the time. They know all the answers. Um, they've got everything sussed. Who cares? That's kind of not. I can't relate to that. I need to relate to someone who has to struggle with some of these things. And we all do. And that's what makes her characters so adorable. They have the flaws that we know are within ourselves. You know, in reality, everything is way more more gray. And those bad characters literally think that they are actually making the, mm-hmm. you know, right choices all along as well. And uh, I think showing characters going down those paths and those storylines and watching how they are reintegrated back into society because like you have all these people that show up to this uh, rally for thinking that you know they wanted something new they wanted something better they are all pulled in and enthralled by him for all these different reasons uh, but it's it's clearly not somebody that you should be following well, I know what you mean. Yeah. it's it's queenie so queenie can either have been a snape character who's totally in control and is trying to integrate with him to like you know be a, a secret agent or and more more likely here we're going to see you know that she's a flawed character but hopefully ends up being redeemed in some way Mm-hmm. Um, and how she is, how other characters treat her afterward might be insightful and perhaps, you know, something to keep in mind when we think of, you know, anybody else in, in your life now that you feel like is, um, you know, well, following any you know, people uh, or following any political ideology that you don't agree with. And uh, when they realize that that might not be the best thing to do when they they come around how do you treat them do you treat them with you know contempt or are you just glad that they're with you now that's really true dude okay so if we're going to recast grindelwald right how would we do it i think it would be fun if we got new canon that he's uh magi and that he just um he actually even when he was with Dumbledore back in the day, he would change his face like every mm-hmm. year, every couple of months. It would just like he never kept like he like he was unsatisfied with his own like and I think it's something interesting to someone who who can change their appearance at will and constantly does so. And yeah. thought to the paint that no one knows like his that. true face, that'd be kind of fun. That is really fun. Also he's Grindelwald, like he's very powerful. He probably can. Yeah, there's something kind of poetic about that. We've already had four actors play this this character, by the way, you guys. Really? There's already been four. four. Not including Johnny Depp. There's been, like, the old guy who's old Grindelwald. Oh, that's right. There has been, you know, Colin Farrell, who's basically Grindelwald as, um, what's his face? Uh, Graves, Graves. Graves. And then there's the young uh, uh, version of him that we had uh, in, you know, flashbacks and... Uh, uh, the, the dude from Twilight, whatever his name is, uh, that actor, remember him? Young, Jamie, young Jamie Cable Bauer. 
Sure. He's yeah. also he's also from Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know he was in it. <laughs> he had a bigger role, arguably, in Twilight. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> there's been four four actors. So what's what's one more? And what's four more? You know, like why do, why does he need to? I like Frankie's right. Like he could he could change his appearance at will. And what a great quality to have for somebody who's trying to really sneakily kind of get in to uh you know different parts of their magical world and uh, win people's minds by uh influencing them without even realizing that they're being influenced by grindelwald they're just you know this is just some new guy that showed up and wow he says all the right things and wow it's really interesting and you know maybe he's on the run and there could and then when like he lets people truly know him there's that false intimacy too, like how he like oh let them know like when he's in a different form. I don't know. Like, there's something to be there. No, I completely agree. Yeah. When there was that one movie that Heath Ledger was in when he passed, and then they they made it a thing where in each act of the film that character was played by three different actors or four different actors. Oh, and that was I forget I forget the movie, but it was really fun. And so like the, it it could work. Yeah. Next. <laughs> okay, I say Colin Farrell. I like the Colin Farrell idea. Mm, Give it back to Colin yeah. Farrell. He was great at it. He's it's fine. A little trickier to do in just the the whole canon idea of that uh, Grindelwald was impersonating Graves, and then we realized that it wasn't Graves, and the real Graves may actually be dead or whatever. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if you'd go back to that disguise necessarily. Unless, you know, for some reason, his magical ability is sort of like an animagus that you have like one other, you know, animal or person that you can change into. But it would be weird if it was Graves. I don't think that would work. But like, yeah, I guess I guess now the story precludes it. But what about what about if he goes under some further dark uh, transformation and changes even beyond what we see now? And and, you know, oh, I see. Just kind of. Decay more or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, kind of like a oh, I see. Kind of like a Voldemort snake version. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I had this thought. I mean, I guess everybody's had this thought by now, but like, I kind of think Grindelwald has a Horcrux mm. because Voldemort yeah. is the only other person we've seen whose appearance changes with each successive Horcrux he makes, and we know that Dumbledore only knew of a person having made one other horcrux but right. dumbledore by the time that slughorn is at school by the time that tom riddle is in school dumbledore is particularly fierce on the topic of horcruxes being banned so i have to wonder if it's grindelwald that has the horcrux and that that's true. what changes him from because people don't change like that and the only the only other thing we've seen in the in the wizarding world is voldemort as he sunk into the dark arts but, but specifically each time he made a horcrux yeah right that's interesting i uh, uh, I, it's, I don't, it's I don't want to argue with you yeah. on on, Vold- on Voldemort canon, but like I thought that there was some t- discussion about the influence of being nursed by the snake affecting his appearance. Well, I think that affects his snake like I think that affects his snake like appearance. But when we see him before he's nursed by the snake, he is yeah. he is becoming snake-like and degrading and looking like oh, by the time okay. he requests the job from Dumbledore in the deep in the memory. Yeah, he, when he hid the um, diadem, he looked like a snake. Yeah, and it was and it was because Why he, don't he had I been making remember Seeing him in that scene. Am I crazy? Is he in that movie before? No, not the movie. That's the Ray book. Finds? It's not That's in the, the movie. 
Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, I have no memory of Ray Fiennes, like, before. But I would argue, in my head, in my head canon, the, the pre-resurrection snake is, like, more, like, stretched features. And yeah. then when he's resurrected, it's, like, snake texture and stuff he's like full that. full-on slimy. I, I agree with that. We see nose. we see Voldemort right after he graduates, and he's at Morgan and Burks. He's made Horcruxes already. He's made, I yeah. think, the ring and the maybe the maybe the diary. And he's right. got that thing where he's got a little bit of a gaunt look, and he's got, yeah. LOL, gaunt, and he's got a red <laughs> a red gleam in his eye sometimes that Harry, yeah. Harry notices very distinctly. Yeah. And then the next time, and then, he, and then he disappears because he gets those two Two artifacts and he kills Hepzibah Smith and then the the next time we see him appear he is a whole he is just so yeah. different but there are definitely physical changes happening to him because of the Horcruxes yeah because he had to have made at least the diadem by that point because he that's no. when he hid the diadem he hid the that's the only time he was able to yes. get into Hogwarts yes but and so yeah. he, he did the diadem had to be made then in between killing Hepzibah Smith because she mentions that Ravenclaw's um I just reread all this. She yeah. mentions that Ravenclaw's uh item is some sort of trinket or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um so he gets it in between killing Hepzibah Smith and disappearing and appearing at Hogwarts that day. Yeah, so I'm just saying that he okay. probably made more horcruxes than I think he probably made his majority at this point. Well, he made uh, yeah, uh because besides he made Harry. two when he was resurrected. Yeah, just just besides Harry, that's the only that's the only other one. Huh. You know, we never actually talked about the fact that Grindelwald's portrayed as having like one like off-colored eye. Yeah, I think that was just an artistic choice for the film. I, but was it? But he's also really pale. Why would there be anything like that so specific made without any reason? I mean, That's... every time I design a D and D character, one eye is a different color. <laughs> yeah, but okay, right. but take Grindelwald and compare him to Jamie Campbell Bower's iteration of Grindelwald. This is very much like young, handsome Tom Riddle versus the Voldemort character. Yeah, yeah. And they make a point of showing us those people. Exactly. So I like that idea. Maybe that you know the uh, the dark magic has a f- effect on your physical. It could just be the dark magic, the transformations he's going through to get so much so powerful. But I think yeah. that the cl- the context clues about Dumbledore knowing about only one other Horcrux can't be, yeah. you know. Yeah, ignored. I would I would definitely bet that there's a he for sure has a Horcrux. Yeah, because doesn't he? That's why Voldemort goes to him in the tower, right, to see if he can feel it. No. He was looking for the wand. Who else looks like Johnny Depp? Has, oh, have, have so there, many actors. some actors that are like, oh, he looks like a young Johnny Depp. There are so many actors that look like Johnny Depp. Yeah. Especially um, the, the like, I mean, he's got like a very, look how many actors play Jack Sparrow. In like, Let me ask you parks. this hypothetical, just, just because it's 2019 and the technology is insane. If there was a way, and there is, because <laughs> other movies have done it, um, that they could have all taken some already existing 3D model of Johnny Depp as Grindelwald and let some other actor do all the motion capture, facial, facial, you know, animated capture, whatever they call it, mm-hmm. and uh, basically continue to have this character who looks like he did in the second movie uh, continue to play Grindelwald, but I Johnny Depp that. is not involved. My bet is that that would be very hard to square legally if that was not the case i hate the precedent with the fans and with the people 
Oh, I know. There's a lot of reasons why it's bad for actors and why legally, you know, who owns your appearance and this and that. But just for the sake of the moral issue and the problem that people have with him being in this movie, would cutting him out of it in that way make anything okay? I don't, I don't think but so. It, he's because still getting it's credit his, for it. It, it. it still amplifies his image. Yeah. And that's the problem, right? It's that, that this that is makes a story. Sense. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure, like, if you cast a lookalike, does that also present the same issue with? No, because then it's a new, it's a new actor getting credit for it, and then, then still Johnny Depp that... is also getting credit for it because it's his image in this right. film. Right, but so it's, I mean, it's not a. Uh, you mean like a, like like someone who like they put makeup on to look identical, or just not like maybe who, not like <laughs> maybe not like identical, but it maybe would just be like, like they get Jude Law. To, I mean, oh, not Jude Law. He's in the movie already. Or they get somebody who looks passably <laughs> yeah. like him. You can tell yeah. it's not him, but it's sort of like in the kind of mold. Well, that, like, see, the see most that. realistic, uh, you know, outcome, if they did figure out that they didn't want him involved, is that they're going to recast. And, uh, you know, we we talked about this earlier tonight, that this isn't the first time that we've had actors in the movie throughout the series be recast. And with Dumbledore, you know, obviously it was a, a death of the, of the actor, Richard Harris, and we got Michael Gambon, and people were annoyed. Uh, but you know, no one's upset at you know Richard Harris for dying, obviously. But uh, you know, people were like, "Oh, you know, this is a strange thing." But after the third movie, uh, the issue was not, "Oh, it should still be Richard Harris." The issue was the people that did have issues with him was just like, "Oh, did you push your name in the goblet of fire?" That right? Issue. Yeah, this is not what we expected Dumbledore to be acting like or what whatever. But like, the point is. People got over the fact that they had a recast, and uh, yeah, but g- g- the getting over hump is very, very small when somebody dies because there's nothing you can do. You have to get over it. There's no other choice. They have to recast. So, like, it's the the getting over hump is so much smaller when you're replacing somebody for something completely unavoidable. Yeah, but you that's know? that's what we're talking about. Is we have the hump of keeping him versus the hump of recasting him, and which is the bigger hump and and of the people that buy these tickets, which one is the bigger hump? Honestly, my thing has always been, why take the chance? What does it serve to, like, you know, when you can just replace him yeah. and and some guy doesn't get put in a movie? He's not, you're not saying he's guilty of anything. You're just saying he's not in this movie anymore. Why hang the potential future of this series reputation on yeah. the chance that you're betting on this one person when so many people when it would be a non-issue if you just recast yeah yeah exactly um, yeah i think they must really find themselves in a really tough you know place right now because mm-hmm. I, i'm willing to bet that the contract johnny depp had to agree to do a five-part movie series was substantial and that he's going to be paid out regardless of if he actually acts in these last three movies yeah i would i would argue but i would also argue there are claims for different things like we don't that's there's no use us speculating well all right if he had like some kind of drunken driving situation or something where like he makes uh, the studio look bad right then then you can get out probably some some kind of clause like that but and here's the thing uh, that's going to be another legal battle then and maybe his filing this new suit is 
pushing, uh, propping it's up, pushing it right. The uh, the idea that he is innocent and the studio would be wrongfully. It's not though. Here's the terminating thing, and him. who knows who knows if it is or not. But here's the thing that filing a new suit does: it re it reinvigorates the issue. It brings new scrutiny. It allows yeah. for a ton of discovery and so if this suit really does not just get settled that this really goes to actual litigation there's it's Mm -hmm. gonna get so ugly and now here's here's the other thing if the movie was doing incredibly well Mm -hmm. um they wouldn't care nobody would care but i think the reason you're starting to hear warner brothers people talk is that this movie while making more movie than most movies will ever ever make is last in all harry potter films right now it is global box office it was 10th for the year Mm-hmm. And and last of all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that until today when I was reading that article, and I was like, "Wow, it kind of makes me happy in a weird way because I honestly, it's ridiculous." Well, but like, like that's the thing. Everybody, everybody's fine when things are rosy, but once things, once they start to smell blood on the water, then everything yeah. becomes goes back on the table. And whether or not he's guilty or innocent, or whether or not she's guilty or innocent, this lawsuit is going to get so yeah. ugly. And and with the way that people write, you know, uh, news in 2019, uh, it's too tempting to use the crimes of Grindelwald pun yeah. constantly. Yeah. We did it. And, uh, we did yeah, it in our. We did it, and we're not a professional news organization. And uh, yeah, like uh, you, you already have the uh, you know the next film is going to be coming. You know, with the narrative of like, oh, fans didn't like the last one, and we have the embattled Johnny Depp, the crimes of Johnny Depp, and this and that, and like, this is not how they want to market the series. I'm sure they don't want anything to do with this, uh, and they're just, uh, I think they're in over their head right now. Honestly, I, I would not know what to do. Well, yeah, I mean, the the culture's changing, and so like. These people really need to like the higher ups who have been so high up. They don't know the language on the street. You know what I mean? Like they need to realize what's happening and what people are actually caring about now. And actually it's affecting people are realizing that their money, where they spend their money is where what people hear now. And so like, I don't know, like I would, I would hope to think that there is something, uh, something purposeful behind that. And honestly, Mm -hmm. the story just from a, the story was kind of convoluted. Well, it was a little overly complex, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, he, like, again, he's not to blame for all the problems of that movie. No. They've no. got other things to fix. And, uh, you know, honestly, it might just be, and I think we talked about this a few episodes ago, an issue of, uh, you know, there is a five film story arc that may pay off beautifully after the fifth one when you watch the first and the second all of the things that we don't like about it you might be able to point to and be like wow this adds so much detail and it's such a more rich experience having had all of that but independently not a very enjoyable movie without knowing what you know after the fifth one but that's Mm. just not the way you can get away with making movies particularly when you want people to enjoy it uh you know like uh in you know just that one viewing uh without having watched all the rest uh and uh i don't yeah i mean look it it may all end up i it's not like a book 
right? And the, I think what we're feeling is that I'm listen. I'm not down with people who say this should have been a book. It shouldn't have been a book because it's a movie. It's a movie. That's what they yeah. are trying to make. Therefore, that's what it is. However. I think they approached some of it like a book, that the plot revelations yeah. would be as savored as though it was a book, that you can be as complicated in a movie as you can in a book. I think I think maybe the, the filmmakers treated it a little bit like the unfurling of a book. Yeah, yeah that's and, what I was saying. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah. And and that may work out to be incredible, but it's it's kind of a test because films don't un- unveil, unroll this way. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of testing the form and I'm down for that, but... Will you have? Can you do that with a global blockbuster? Maintain yeah. the top spot that it demands at this point, that the brand demands, yeah, and be inured from all this negative press because of how well the movies are doing. Yeah, yeah I mean, even like you bring it up is interesting because when I was watching the special feature interview with her, um, she talks about how like how complicated the story was and how like we twist and you turn and you hear and the reveal and I was like. Okay, yeah, I do think that's it. I think that is the like that was my suspicion of microcriticism. Like, it feels as though the structure of this film was of a book, not of a of a movie. And so, and then hearing her that say that commentary is like, yeah, okay, it it feels that way. Like, I think even like maybe some of the problem solving approach was that way. And like you mm-hmm. said, Melissa, like some you don't have the time to digest and sit. And like stop and think and put the book down. Like you, you experience that thing in two hours or three hours, and then boom, and it's just a lot of information. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're competing against not just other movies and other franchises, but the fact that we have like long form, like fantasies, like Game of Thrones out there, um, or that's you know, not even Game of Thrones Avengers. because yeah, the, you can release a whole series all at once online now. You can put out 10 to 20 hours worth of content all at once. And if any one of those episodes leave you wondering what the hell did I just watch, you don't wait a whole other year to do the next one and have people write about, oh, what the hell happened to this show? You wait a week, or in some cases, you just hit next, and you can watch the next one and go all the way through. And, uh, you know, you can experience a much more, uh, you know detailed uh story arc without it ever having to worry about the last one that you watched leaving that lasting taste in your mouth and uh not having a new uh, you know episode or a new film for another year to to wash it out yeah um Honestly, the series that's doing what I think maybe Fantastic Beasts is trying to do and doing it well is the Avengers series. There is the Marvel Universe is just absolutely enormous between TV shows, movies, spinoff movies, and it all works in together. And Mm -hmm. Infinity War was amazing. Endgame, Mm -hmm. we already know, is going to be amazing. And it seems to have mastered the form in a way that Grindelwald was trying to to do and isn't quite there with it yet Mm -hmm. you know even star wars struggled Mm -hmm. like the big heavy like star wars fans i feel like i just called them all fat uh the big hardcore star wars fans uh you know a lot of them didn't like the most recent movie and they weren't satisfied with kylo ren uh there are reasons for that that are horrible good movie it's wait the last jedi it's not a good movie. What are you even? Oh my god! That Did is. Did you like it, Frankie? Blasphemy I, in this house. 
You liked The Last Jedi? I loved it. Oh my God. We're going to have to talk about this in the drums. Oh my <laughs> God. Okay. We're going to rumble. But that's another thing about how like you could watch the third one, the, the next one, The Rise of Skywalker, and then be like, oh, okay, well, now I really like the one before it because now I have this whole new context. I, I want to clarify. I think a lot of people don't like that movie for reasons that Frankie's incapable of having. So huh? a lot of people don't like Last Jedi because of horrible misogynist leanings. So oh, no, it's not that that's not all. you. That's not you, I know. But that's uh, there's a lot i mean the woman who played rose had to delete her online life because people were so horrible yeah, to her it was terrible yeah yeah um that's not what you're saying right no now. no i have some major problems with the story structure okay i've only seen it once so you know <laughs> you probably are gonna know more than me i only bring it up to point out how similar this the the, the you know we, that whole situation could be and that you you know you have people wanting to tell a story with multiple movies and then struggling when people aren't happy with uh, one of the pieces of them. Well, and I think part of the the problem, or not problem, I think this is good, is that because people have such easy access to high-quality storytelling now, especially through Netflix mm-hmm. and yeah. streaming mm-hmm. devices, it's educating audiences and the, and the taste level's going up. And so, like, like they, you can't just... You can't just do a dumb movie, like you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. you, you like certain things will get you like a sequels will get you a buy in, and then you'll see people stay at the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and so, audiences are maturing. Like they're like there's no way that that's into the Spider Verse movie could have been made five years ago. There would never there would not have been a market for it. Marvel yeah. opened the door. For yeah. these high concepts, I loved the hell out of that movie. I, I haven't seen it. Awesome. Uh, oh my, Melissa, you need to stop. I know. Go I've stop heard recording right now, and we'll I'll watch it with you. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm going to watch it. We'll watch it this weekend. I'm I'm positive. Yeah, because we. I think, it I, and Very I would good. love to hear what you think about it being like a native New Yorker, because I love it cool. as like as a voyeuristic, because I love New York so much. But as it's being home for you, I'd love to get your take on how they represented it. Cool. Okay. Uh, what we t- how, how did we get here? I love when Podcast does this. How did we get here? I need a map. Um, <laughs> something about something about crimes of Grindelwald. You know the, the many crimes of this whole situation. Uh, but you know that interview we haven't really spent much Let's time on. Be- but I thought that it was very interesting to hear the three of them talk about the challenges of you know really it's. It almost sounded like they... Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think that they filmed this before or after the theatrical release of the movie? Uh, like like in that twilight period when they were getting ready to release. I think that's when but you do, do all this stuff. Do you think it came out before or after the reactions of not being altogether positive? After. After. Yeah. I think so, too. And I think that there are some tells. I mean, it's it's a DVD extra, right? So... I mean, they could have filmed it right after production, but oh, I, I think the mean. fact that they're talking about yeah, a lot of times you film it this, while you're doing you know, it. we didn't get this after the first movie. Mm. You know, we got it after the one where people you, were really questioning their choices. Do you know oh, what I, I I'm what noticing? Because I wrote down a lot of the things that Joe said. Um, there's this line. So I am a great planner. You know, it's it's no secret that I do plan meticulously, which is why I have large chunks of this backstory already, some of it even on paper, because I did think all of that through. But there's always a nice big fat margin to invent, to change. Ding, ding, ding. 
to change. And she's specifically talking about revisiting her world when she says this. And yeah. that to change thing is just says McGonagall all over everything yeah. to me. And I'm, fi- I'm just, fine with that. She wants to change yeah. it. You go ahead. You just do I've it. I've always thought that that is just like Flint like 3.0 just like and not even like the next in the sequence but like an exponential flint because it's such a big character and they literally just came out with all this mcgonagall canon post you know series putting it up on pottermore Mm -hmm. very deliberately writing all of these new stories for her and then to be like oh wouldn't it be neat though if mcgonagall was there too like oh no actually it's not the right time yeah but who's really gonna know and then here she is. And, you know, it's just comically out of whack, out of the, the timeline. But again, not not the biggest crime of Grindelwald here. Uh, what else could she be referring to? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, changing. I don't know. We don't know what she's changed yet. We won't know until the end. But she does, she does, um, she does talk about how the characters are really in a little cauldron at the school. And they can just yeah. blow stuff up and just enjoy their power when they're at the school. But that this world is more complicated because you have to get into what it feels like to have to hide your powers. Which I love. I mean, there's a lot of the movie that I genuinely did like. I I, mm-hmm. I did go watch this movie like three times. Um, I thought that there's quite a lot about just the whole idea of the fact that we're watching magical adults and not magical children in a school who are just rookies learning the magic i want to see professionals use the magic like Mm -hmm. in some ways this is kind of one of my original criticisms i had of half-blood prince which i know is almost sacrilegious to talk about but when we learned that dumbledore's lessons with harry were going to be this like mental exercise of getting into the mind and heart of tom riddle and not here's how to make this amazing crazy spell that only i know how to do because i'm dumbledore and i've studied here at the alps of whatever like no no crazy (laughs) magic for harry he is powerful in the fact that he is ordinary uh at least magically speaking uh now we have people who are meant to be professional wizards out here in the world like like newt who can do really interesting magic to look up what's happening you know on the streets of uh france by the whatever crazy gold dust magic he uses to look back in time all this weird shit that no student would have ever been able to do Mm -hmm. so uh yeah like uh I, i i do like that 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 bit of it for sure um, yeah, I love how much more the magic seems to be more of. Um, I you know always call back to this uh, when it we talk about magic on the show, but I think it was very telling when she of how she sees it in her lore when she it's in Half of the Prince as well when when Dumbledore just like oh you know I taught him I know his style like just how, how you can have style in in casting mm-hmm. and style and yeah. magic I feel that this film very much showed that like. All Johnny Depp's spells were so elegant and and deadly, like just like that fire that he was controlling, and the, like that was some crazy fiend fire. I'm assuming, like yeah, yeah. It's it's like you can you can send a hundred students to like art school and give them all the same classes and teach them and let let them graduate technically proficient at all these different methods of painting, and they're all gonna probably have their own style of painting. And mm-hmm. some of them you will like a lot more than others, and magic would be no different. 
and uh, what a cool thing to be able to see all of the different styles, like, you know, Queenie's cooking, you know, compared to probably Tina's cooking, mm-hmm. you know, would be dramatically different. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, because I, I feel shitty, like, shitting on this whole entire movie because there's quite a lot about it that I yeah. think was spot on and there's you know thousands of people working on this that have nothing to do with the choices of casting johnny depp and nothing to do with uh even writing the movie um that that did some uh some really good work and uh i hope that they continue to have the opportunity to uh you know make the rest of these uninterrupted at least from that perspective uh and uh i'm sure this is a, a big part of why they hate to be uh, you know, have all of the, uh, you know, marketing and word of mouth and everything that goes into these next ones be, you know, pulled down into the mud here. Yeah. And I want to be clear too, that my contention with the film isn't the, uh, I felt this, like my biggest criticism is like, yeah, it was a little complex for the amount of time you got. Like, whatever. There's other movies that way. My hugest contention is the fact that it's. I feel as though it's disregarding some very, very strong canon with the whole Dumbledore thing. Like him being McGonagall. a Dumbledore. McGonagall, yeah. Like that one to me is like, <laughs> I don't want that to change at all. But I guess you could change that one and it wouldn't affect the outcome. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like... Uh, but with this one, it just seems so, like I don't see any loopholes to exploit other than just like retconning it wholeheartedly. And then then that makes me go like, why as a storyteller and creator touch something that's so close to the heart of your story to change it for the sake of changing it? Like that just makes me let, trust you less as a storyteller. Are you guys more bothered by McGonagall in this movie than you are with the uh, crazy time turners and Chris... Uh- I uh, hate Child. the Time Turners. I don't Chris have a Child. problem with the Time Turners and Chris Child. Now, how can you be okay with that? Because it's because it, <laughs> it, so it exists worse. in a logical because because of the the rules and that they exist yeah. because you can see them go to go to extreme pains yeah. to make sure that when they go back. They, they don't disrupt the fabric of the story. We know that the yeah. rules of the story are still intact, even if it's a reach, right? It's it's better to <laughs> it's have reach. It's yeah. but it's better to have um what what is it? It's better to have improbable uh, probable impossibilities than improbable yeah. possibilities. Like sure. that that is that is to me you can, when you see them actually work really hard to keep the structure yeah. of the thing in place, that to me is way better than throwing McGonagall in there with no explanation. <laughs> yeah, but what if and the explanation comes in the third one? That's fine, but in the meantime, her Pottermore entry is still live. That's yeah. what I'm saying. She you wants to what? change it. Go for it. I change what, it then. You know what? The, you know what they could do that would that would kill two birds with one stone for me what? if McGonagall had one of those effing magical yeah. deep time turners and that's how that's she was there saying. then i could and, and, it, and it's, it's the same thing, one though. from the from, like if it's the same one from like the one that comes Here's back in cursed child i'd be i'm down no, and then now it would make me consider cursed child, child canon. it can't be it can't be because cursed child only lasts for a couple of minutes you can't <laughs> disrupt time that way i yeah. find it really hard to believe she could go back in time and and, and sit there Stay affecting there. time so much for years and years and yeah. have that be okay so yeah. i'm sure listen Fair. i'm sure there is an explanation i'm i'm the more i think about it the more right we are that something like this canon doesn't add up but also that like 
you know, J.K. Rowling's J.K. Rowling, and I'm sure she has some sort of explanation, but it's going to involve changing some piece of the canon. I guess what I'm trying to communicate is, like, I don't see, like, like I guess the story, it makes me nervous. I, I guess I would trust the, uh, the storytelling less. Like, the stakes are, it takes the stakes away. Just a bit yeah. that if like, oh, it's just yeah. going to change again. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? And so like that just makes me go, oh. It's this, it's like we talked about the first time we all talked about the movie. It's that we, the rules of the Potter universe is are what kept people sleuthing for so long. Yes. Working in and outside of those rules and trying to, and knowing and feeling like the person writing it had such an incredibly strong grasp on that logic. And we know that she still does. But if mm-hmm. she's going to say the rules of this world are malleable and permeable, then yeah. we don't know what's true anymore. Oh, it's the whole reason we do this show. Like, we would have never done this show if the rules were not what made it interesting to figure out what was going to happen next. If literally anything could happen and the rules change every book, then what the hell? I don't even think I'd have liked the books in the first place if if that was the case. Exactly. We never closed book two, three, four, five, or six with the random character who could not be explained and who who all available other information you have, even that (laughs) of the rest of the books, says this is impossible. That never happened. And that, if she wants to change her canon... Cool. Yeah. But in the meantime, we've got this thumb sticking out there. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's really hard to square. Yeah. No, it really. It really I is. agree. It's uh it's and it's so annoying because it's like the one that's it's it's a lightning rod, and yet there are other issues with, with this film too, and with uh the canon being uh bent in, in different ways and in different places that uh it's like it's it's too easy to do the to do the critique here with McGonagall. Yeah, I'll give you an example of canon that's bent that I really don't care. They apparate on the bridge at Hogwarts. Okay, fine. Sure. What do I care? It's not that I ca- I don't think yeah. the canon can be like massaged for their needs, but there's things that are massaging and there's things that are just cracking. Or the, the mirror Vera said is 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 also doing a, something different. Yeah, we would expect it to it's, do. Yeah, it's it's also a pensive that other people can like, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, and then you could say, well, Dumbledore used it to hide the Sorcerer's Stone, so Dumbledore can make things do other things because he's magical or whatever. Sure. Cool. Fine. I don't care. But when (laughs) when a character just shows up you were not born you you shouldn't be teaching here. What the hell is going on? Yeah. And again she's going to explain it. Well, I think so I hope. That, here's the quote from this interview. I don't have the quote. I wish I had the transcript. I have. I have. I wrote down a lot of it. Is it the change she line? She says that uh, the writing process was interesting, and in that uh, when you're writing a novel, uh, you're kind of it's, it's a self-contained experience, and nobody is going to come around kicking the tires mm-hmm. until it's done. Mm-hmm. But with this. I would write a little bit, and we would. I would show it to whoever, and we'd start kicking the tires immediately. And uh, you know, Yates and Heyman are saying how it's like, yeah, we would we would get we would get this from Joe, and then we start. Uh, what do they say? They start like decompiling it or the de- deconstructing it, and then they can start like recommending. Oh well, then what if this happened? And then what if this happened? And you know, sometimes she could get that feedback and say. Uh, she she said two different things. She didn't say the third obvious one, but she said she could uh, uh, get feedback that uh, was, uh, you know, suggesting, uh, you know, can can we do this? And uh, and her basically agreeing, and then the idea of 
um, suggesting something that she wasn't thinking at all. And, you know, then being like, oh, yeah, this is great. You know, like, why didn't I think of that kind of thing? But what is, I would imagine, happening equally often that is uh, m- mentioning something that uh, could happen that she had absolutely no interest in having happened or could, you know, worst case scenario, fly in the face of some other canon rule that she had already written for herself, you know, 15 years ago. And uh, how many of those end up in the script? We've argued about this before, the idea that no one's going to overrule her. I'm not convinced that she wins every single battle there. I think every once in a while. Yeah, but I think you're thinking about it differently. It's not that I I am one. You cannot convince me that anyone could come in and say this is how it's going to be, Joe. That's not how it works. But now that this is a process that she's not locked away in a closet for two years writing a book... Now people are getting into the creative process, and that may alter things in a way that wouldn't otherwise. But I do think without... Well, what if she was like, I want... Actually, what happened uh, a year later is that this magic spell turned everybody into cartoons. So half the movie needs to be animated. And I'm well, putting then my Warner Brothers down. can say we're not going to make that movie. That's fine. Well, that's but... like, don't you think that that could be the way that they tell her no, or they tell her let's go this direction, or we don't want to make the movie? I think that only works in very extreme cases, and a character's particular direction is not going to be it. Okay, yeah, like you're saying, the Professor McGonagall thing probably isn't that. One. That they're not going to cancel the movie over Professor McGonagall. See, I'm thinking more like the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald is being one of those things. Oh, um, eh, I she's like, just... I want to show, you know, we're going right. to put this big and this is going to be a main thing that they have, uh, you know, homosexual relationship. Here's the thing. And I'd like this movie to be the first sure. big series. And I think they engage this. in an extensive persuasion scheme of why they can't do it as explicitly as she wants. And she ultimately relents. But mm-hmm. I think if she put her foot down and was like, we cannot make these movies unless we're very explicit about the relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald, I think she wins. Yeah, I think in that case, she would win for sure. But I do think there are cases where like, they're like, we want this to happen. And, and if she doesn't care, she's like, sure, okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. because like, I don't think, I, I just remember the one, the, the one, like I used to hate those shrunken heads in the night bus from the set, from the third film. Until when she, when in the interview, she was like, "Oh, they did that, and I thought it was so cute. I'd like, I, I wish I thought of that." So that means that didn't she didn't like tell them. She was just like, "Sure." And so like, if what a, an yeah. idea seems good to her, she seems like the person who would be like, "Okay," like you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's great because you know, yes, she is a very creative person. She imagined the majority of the, you know the early canon all on her own. And we have no reason to think she didn't imagine the entire seven-book series on on her own. And if she's kind of crowdsourcing this one to a small group of creatives that have been working with her for the past decade on the movies, you know, so be it. As long as uh, the foundations and the rule set of what makes canon work, what what makes this a rational thing, is not you know compromised. Well, it because is, wouldn't it be great if this character was there or wouldn't it be neat if this character could do this in the face of one of the foundational magical laws that you wrote about on Pottermore, but don't worry, nobody reads that So that's you know, anyway. That's the thing that I'm just hoping against hope is not the case. That it is that if there's a reason and it's not that Warner Brothers was like, 
hey, wouldn't this be fun? And she was like, yeah, that'd be fun. And that's what, that's the thing that would disappoint me. If there's a reason for it, I'm down. Whatever reasoning J.K. Rowling wants to come up with, I will always listen to because she's a master storyteller. Like, here's an example, though. The Thestral escape at the beginning makes no flipping sense. Like, I guarantee she would have never written this if somebody didn't say, we need to start this out with a big, action scene why doesn't it make sense okay so of all of the ways to get grindelwald from america to england even though they're in in new york right tell me how they they would elect for you know a a carriage ride with thestrals uh and you know broom riding as escorts or (laughs) escorts are they attempting to make a whole transatlantic this actually uh, makes journey? a journey that doesn't make that makes what we know of the books is that when they need to get harry out of the dursleys it's on broom when they need to go to the ministry from hogwarts it's on thestrals there's no reason to think that i mean like if you want to talk preference cool over the ocean what's what says they can't how long is that flight when we're on a plane? Six right hours. Now? But it's magical, so you have no idea. No, I don't the, think they're going the to the ocean. How fast do brooms go? But here's the but John, first first of all, it's magic. You can't limit you can't limit you can't decide on magic based on the laws of physics. That that parallel does not work. But she gave us a speed limit to brooms before. She didn't give us a hard and fast speed limit. We know to how brooms. fast fireballs go. This is not this is A, this is not brooms. B, we know about long, the only other long distances we've seen travel in Harry Potter is the train and Thestrals. So it it doesn't, like, if you want to talk about preference, fine. But you also don't know that that was the end of the journey. You don't know where they were going. You don't know if they were making the whole trip over the ocean. You have no idea what the rest of that plan was. Okay, so let me ask you this. The body switching between Grindelwald and uh, his supporter there, right? Mm-hmm. Suss, suss this out with me. At what point is the person who looks like Grindelwald, Grindelwald? I have no from, idea. From the beginning. Like the person who's in the, you know, jail cell, presumably, that's Grindelwald. Right? I, don't, I don't, I don't, I think the whole time until the switch happens, it's the follower. You think the follower is the one in, in prison? Mm-hmm. I do. It's the one whose tongue is cut out. So then why in the world would would Grindelwald be so obsessed with releasing the follower. Why wouldn't he just take off? Because he's a follower. No, no, no. I thought we said that the follower. Because the follower has the blood pact. Doesn't he have? Doesn't he have that trinket? I'm asking you if the person who looks like Grindelwald at the very beginning of the movie, who's sitting in the chair in the jail cell, if that is actually Grindelwald. No, or I not. think I think it's the follower, and I think he can't release him until he gets that blood pact off him. Why would he have the blood pact on him when he's in prison? Didn't they have it? Maybe that's what. Maybe he needed to get the blood pack, so he needed to wait for the transfer. Well, I mean, I, I, because like, the, like either he had potion, it on him or the ministry officials had it. I can't remember. Uh, well, the ministry official was holding the little blood pack thing in the in the carriage. So maybe he needed to wait and find his chance. That seems plausible to me. Maybe you can't get too far from that. I will say this: I agree with John in spirit. Like it did seem, but at the same time, it was written. This is. Like there's, I think I've said this in the past, forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but like novels are for being people's heads, plays are for conversations with people and, and movies are for car chases because you can do something that is something that is, you cannot do a car chase in a book effectively. Sure you can, like 
There's some exciting stuff you can read, but it's not the same. You know what I mean? On a play, the limitations aren't there. You can do it. It's not the same. There's something in a movie, you can literally go anywhere you can imagine. So, like, of course you want to invoke that language of storytelling. And so, like, if you're going to choose of all the ways to get Grindelwald from A to B, of course choose one that's going to, like, that's going to lean into the story, the, the, the genre you're telling. And so I'm fine with something splashy and big, but, like, I just, like... I do. I do think there was some of it that was confusing and overly complicated as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I don't. Where I don't go with you, John. Like, if it's fine if you don't like it. Like, whatever. Where I don't. Where I don't go with this is that um, why you think she wouldn't do this. I think that's a natural f- choice for a screenwriter. I think that. Well, the thing I don't like about it is that I still feel like there's like logical problems with uh, the 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 swapping, and that in order for all of these motivations to make sense, we have to think that Grindelwald has just as vested an interest in this supporter being released from prison as his own freedom. And I think he's far too, you know, uh, selfish and uh, far too concerned about his own, you know, not being locked up at the ministry than, uh, you know, to put himself even for a moment in a compromising position to save the life of this person who hadn't even become a full follower yet. Like that whole ordeal was supposedly the thing that earned him. I see what I see what you're saying, but allegiance. I, but I, you know, I see it. I see him valuing allegiance. First of all, you see the ones he goes to, to get Queenie. And I see, mm-hmm. I see something related to that blood pack being important and he wasn't going to be able to get to it until that moment. I think that, yeah, like it's, it seems like they, they must've, take uh took it from him uh you know when they arrested him it was probably on his person and uh you know he needed to get that back or or what have you and like from my understanding the magic how that was meant to work was that like they uh and this is a spell that we've never seen used in any other part of the the series is that uh he could somehow trade whatever you would call it your your soul your your essence your your whole self with this other person who's in proximity of you but honestly he doesn't just need the blood pact he needs his wand like there are things like he needed you need the the transition periods are where these things happen for a reason because security checks fail and so for some reason i I think it's what i'm saying is that i think it's it's perfectly explainable i don't see this as a logical fallacy the way that like mcgonagall is Mm -hmm. i see that it's problematic yeah i mean this this reminds me of the seven potters you know it is very Mm -hmm. chasey she's done that the the seven potters makes sense in that this is a ragtag group of people trying to do something independent of the government like if you have all the resources of two magical governments is this what you would really do like and this is I the misunderst- most dangerous criminal yeah, i misunderstood where you're coming from but you're you're assuming that that is a the whole plan and b that they did have other options i unless there's another big you know you can't i don't think you can reliably sidelog operate somebody without their consent so there's that and then how else how else plus you don't know that that was the whole plan you only know that that was how they got him out of the tower so you know you can't like the, a lot of assumptions are going into saying that this was a bad plan right well i mean my my operating assumptions here are that uh or the the theory is that uh 
we want to open the movie with some big dramatic s- sequence because sure. we did get a deleted scene of an alternative opening for this movie, mm-hmm. which could not have been any less, you know, action like is it like this sinking baby. Uh, yeah, but that's not the opening. Like that's a very... like a, that's like a grace note before the opening. That's not this. Right. Would, this would have still been considered the opening. And I get what you're saying about that's part. That's a motivation. But you, that motivation can be true, and this could also make sense. I don't see it as a knock against the movie that they want to open with something exciting. I see no. that as a very strong choice, actually. What my, what the whole the whole premise to this point was that there are people other than Joe inserting plot into this, and not just like secondary tertiary detail and that it just struck me as something that would have came from somewhere else that Ooh. that that's all okay but i but like but, she said that she gives an idea she she writes she writes the first draft and somebody yeah. says oh that's great but what about this what do you think about that and she even says in that featurette like oh and then i would say no that doesn't work at all and then i'd walk away and think oh actually it does work so that indicates that she does Mm. have the say because for her to have to go away and be like oh that oh wait that does work i actually do want to do that it's not that somebody said we should do this instead and this is what we're doing sure i i'm just trying to diagnose how we could be where we even are with this i know because in in some ways it's kind of sad and i i do feel for her because like we've, we've all noticed that she's dropped off of twitter she used to be very public uh, in a way that she never used to be when she was writing the the, the books before, um, and we kind of got used to her being around and you know tweeting at people and and this and that and she's went quiet and it's you know been around the same time of there being discussion of people not being happy with the last film and having to re- reduce some things and and how could we be here because I I mean I'm not an author I've never published you know anything like that and so you know but as a reader as a somebody who consumes and just has you know a uh, my impression of of an artist or an author is that over time as you hone your craft you you get better you don't get worse so how could we be here um if like is there some part of her formula that was that was changed uh and is part of that formula does it does it require her to be only the the only creative mind in in the room and uh is is she susceptible to influence from other creative people that might sound like a good idea at the time and turn out not to be as good as what she would have came up with on her own i think i think you have to remember that this is a new craft for Joe also. She's mm-hmm. not going to be a master screenwriter two, three years into writing screenplays. No. So I think no. we can give her the benefit of the doubt that she is a master storyteller and that she's doing the best she can. I 100% um, agree with that. Like, I, that's what my criticism of this this one, to me, it feels like a sophomore album, like a lack of editing. Like, you could have probably fixed this, like, in the editing room, honestly. Like, there isn't... Like, well, the, the the plot stuff with uh, the new Dumbledore and the McGonagall, that stuff, but just the pacing, like, my critiques of how it was story, like it was told or having too much information in, like, I think that is very true. And I think it's because she's new to this craft and maybe she relied mm-hmm. a little bit too much on her comfort zone. Like, as an artist, I do that 
constantly. One time my friend yeah. was looking at my sketchbook and was like, Frankie, why is every profile you draw looking to the left? And I was like, no, it's not. And I looked, I never <laughs> drew faces going to the right. And I was like, oh That's my so gosh. That's like hilarious. a major blind spot, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like a bunch of assholes sitting here and being like, Joe's just not that good of a script. Like, that's not like no, I couldn't write. I, I couldn't write this. She's doing yeah, yeah, a phenomenal that's true. job. I couldn't do that. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's be honest. She's doing amazing. And I don't want to I don't want to make it like we don't still love no. her and want to hear from her. Oh, you know? Of course. But I think it's a question that is being asked by a lot of people, though. It's like, really? how could we be here with all of this? Like, uh, you know, I'm, she is must be surrounded by other professionals too. Uh, and, and, you know, Yates was around for all of the other screenplays and he, he let this one out the gate too. So I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and like, I just want to like say like, I criticizing something doesn't mean you don't love it. It just, exactly. to me, like, to me, it's like, it's an appreciation of it. And like, and me working in storytelling we, yeah. every day, like I love talking about story structure and pacing. Yeah. That's what my, that's my nine to five. And so I maybe focus on it too much and maybe like appreciate it too much. And like in, when I don't consider other aspects of it, but I like, this is great. Honestly, only we can criticize it this way. Only we who love it this much can yeah. be this deep and this invested. And again, when it comes to like the new canon and the movies, like we just, all we really want is just to hear from like, wanted to add up and make sense and um joe really stuck the landing last time when she had all those juggling all the balls for book seven and so i trust it i'm just not used to having to wait two years to get the next chapter of a book yeah yeah that's oh. definitely where we're at all right dun, 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 dun. drums that was that was drums in case you couldn't tell what was drums dun, 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 dun. that's what i did oh okay, okay. how you doing guys we're good. That was a good show. That was fun. I agree. That was fun. Lots of good stuff. Good Lots stuff. Good changes good coming. Stuff. What, what's coming up next? What's uh, all, what else is going on? What else is going on? I have still not finished Red Dead Redemption. Oh, so good. good. What are you waiting for? Gotta do it. It's funny. I started playing Last of Us. Uh, again? And or is that the first I've never, time? I never <gasps> played it. It was my first playthrough. What are you up to? Um, They just got... Uh, to like the bridge and like jumped off the bridge. And oh, it's so good. Yeah, really. Like it took me a while to get used to the gameplay because yeah. I was getting very frustrated at how like they wanted you to kill these zombies in a very specific way. Yeah, if you the, try to kill them in any different way, you're gonna get killed. It's a bit of an old UX, but the I have a feeling that two is gonna come out with the PS5, so Ooh. it's a good time to get caught up. Cool. I could not play. You couldn't pay me to play that game. Frankie, I, I have replayed that story five, six times. I've done oh it on God. the ultra hard, the ultra hard, and I got like the, the challenge. You know, like if you shoot a zombie in the head, shouldn't they die? Sometimes. But why sometimes? Or not know. even a zombie, just a human. You shoot a human in the head with with like a rifle. But the fact with that is the brain controls the body. The body is reanimated. Yeah, that's true. But I hate zombies. Oh, I love that, st that story. I love that story. And yeah, Frankie, they are. Are they? Is it necromancy or a disease? It's a disease, and it's they actually based boring. on don't something. Spoil me. Well, you know, you know this. You, this is this is not. If you don't know this, you can find. I this know out that it looks like it's some kind of like fungus. No, situation. there's a Planet Earth episode where they talk about ants 
who get a f- something called a cordyceps virus, yeah. and it would ta- no it takes over their brain and makes them move into uh, a, a patch of their colony and lay down and die, and then their body becomes moldy and spreads the virus that way. And the whole premise of the game is, what if this mutated to humans? That's terrifying. It's terrifying. It. It's like it, it could happen. No, I mean, it's, it could happen. That's ridiculous. I don't know. Why couldn't I it happen? Hope not. <laughs> I hope I not. No, I hope see, not. I hope not. The too. only way I will tolerate a zombie is if it's animated by magic, and then I'll be like, I want to see it, but if it's too gory, I'm trying oh, to then you should read the book of M. You'd the like what? it. My friend, my friend Pong wrote a book called The Book of M. It just got optioned for TV. Actually, it's um, oh, wow. about zombies, but it's all fueled by magic, and it's. No, it's I don't. Beautiful. I mean, I don't want to see that. That's the only time I will I mean, tolerate a, it. It's a book, yeah. though, so it's not like you have to. Nope, it's still in my head, and I feel it. <laughs> How do, let me ask you this. How in the hell do you guys, like, consume all of this fiction and not want to get as obsessed with it as you do? I have a commute. With Harry Potter, because, like, I still can't get myself to watch all of Game of Thrones because I know that it's just one more thing that I'm going to, like, obsess over uh, all of the details and want to pick it all well, apart. Now and, like, is my the brain time. won't turn off to it. Now's the time, because you're going to see the ending. I know. Well, I mean, like, F all. Like, I, I'm watching the first season right now. And, like, I'm way behind, and, like, I, I probably won't even finish. It's 67 you know. hours. In the next eight weeks or six weeks, you can certainly. It's, John, it's really fun. Like, yeah. just don't yeah. don't give it. Even if you're playing, like, a, like a, like candy crush on your phone or whatever like sure you're gonna miss stuff but you'll get like for the most part like i don't remember what happened in season one right now you couldn't like yeah. I, what like i don't know like i've rewatched so- it five times i do <laughs> oh my god like i'm a very see, casual want, like, game some- of thrones fan but i do enjoy it i want some fan to have like cut like a two-hour movie of every oh, season okay and i'll sit and watch that the, the the directors or the writers or somebody put out a, like a list of like 20 episodes that you need to watch that will oh really get you ready oh, okay. yeah really? i'll send you the link yeah send me that link that's great yeah that. and then that's the, helpful the girl that plays aria said that the only season you need to rewatch is season one. Oh really mm-hmm. see i'm fine with that because like i actually did watch that first season years ago and i i enjoyed it and then at the last episode when uh you know that major character death i was like nope nope <laughs> fuck these people I'm not interested yeah that does not get better nobody is safe yeah. literally no one well i mean after that one then yeah like they're not uh, nothing sacred i mean frankie do you have a deadpool for for i haven't i didn't do that but i need to because i i have a i have a few strong opinions that uh, I, I was a few strong desires not strong opinions I have, I have a couple of good guesses, I think. I mean, not not having watched it, hardly any of it, honestly, like, uh, they're probably all going to fucking die. I mean, yes. Like, how much promotion have you seen with all of their, you know, heads sitting there dead in, like, a crypt? And, like, what good does it have there to be surviving characters if there's no sequels? Like, Almost everyone is going to die. I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced of that. Do you have any? Um, do you have any guesses on who for sure who for sure is gonna live? Uh, Sam. Who's Sam? Which one is Sam? You don't know Sam yet, I don't think. Okay. Wait, Sam. Um, he Sam knows Hall. Sam, doesn't he? Uh, it's John's oh, friend. Oh, did they the meet? Wall. Oh, they met there. I don't, I I don't know if that. they met in season one or two yet. John's friend at the wall, who's kind of like you know this chubby kid who gets picked He's on. He's a person and... of size. 
And right, he he's picked on. he's he's picked on, and that one guy is like a super big jerk to both of them. He's like, you guys are gonna end up being on the wall, and you're gonna get killed because you're just a couple of boys, and like mm-hmm. you don't even get it. Like I've been to the wall, like I've like you need me on that wall. Sat over there for like six months, and like you won't even last a night. That's exactly wow. Well, that you got the you got Sean. the dialogue. <laughs> that went on for like he's, twenty minutes. Basically, that guy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. Think, you think he survives? I, that would I be think, funny. I think for sure, Sam is the. Um, he's the. Well, one he's the not... Sam of like from Lord of the Rings. He's the Sam of the story. Does he ever get tougher than like he was in the first season? Yes, and you need to watch. Yeah, you'll watch oh, it. He's good. Man, Sam's like, great. A, Sam's one of my favorite characters. He's coming Sam. to Con of Thrones. Awesome. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. So is Jamie Lannister. <gasps> no way. Oh, Holy cow, you got Jamie Lannister. We he's, did. he's still one of the big actors, right? He is. Like he's, do people still talk about Joffrey? Because I know that like he didn't like last like uh this, no, this I long. think the actor quit acting after that. Really? Because I think he got pretty picked on, didn't he? Like I, I, th- I don't know if that's why. I think he just would rather not. I've seen a lot of like retrospective things on YouTube floating around of like all the actors being like, can't believe we're done. I can't believe man, my whole childhood and this mm-hmm. and that. And nobody's interviewing Joffrey. Like you telling me that like he didn't have any experiences to talk about, but like, well, I mean, he, yeah, they were probably like Joffrey. Like, huh? He was a horrible character. I just feel for like the kid a little bit. And like, I don't, I think he's a twerp, obviously, like from what we've seen of him on the show. And like, like, I want you to kill that dog because like, oh, that was terrible. You, know, you, uh, you punched me or whatever. And so like, we're going to kill this other dog. Like who the hell like thinks oh, that yeah, is an okay Lannister. thing to Okay. Do. So we're just, we're just, okay. You should watch the restaurant. Make an effort. I mean, I don't want to be spoiling anybody on like what dog dies, but like, <laughs> it was r- r- ridiculous. Make an effort to get to it by the last episode so that you can just be part of that cultural moment at least like that's something that you're i know i mean that's the fomo that's making me do this but i feel like i should just be recording like a little john cast do it or, like me and brie will sit here and like do it like a game of thrones little like 10 minute you know thing to be like what in the hell's going on because do it put um, it on our patreon especially if you like yeah okay Especially if like you're trying to do it all at once and like you're only half watching, like it's I feel like it's gonna be uh, a little different than like how you guys got to watch it unravel over time. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I'm kinda. I'm interested in how that's different for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, I am falling asleep. All right. Ninety nine. It's late. That's a good good as cue as any here. That's a good as a good of a cue. We'll see you next time. All right, everybody. Twiddle all the dials. The next password is um, Metamorphmagi. <laughs> Keep mm. each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. Good night. <laughs> that <was> horrible. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You missed it. W3. I confess myself. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) Were we supposed to be recording? Oh, no.